Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Conversations with My Black Grandpa. We are back and better than ever with new equipment, new technology, and with new attitudes as we want to deliver you guys with a great podcast and content. And so for this episode, episode three, it's going to be a little short, but it is truly, truly packed with amazing knowledge that you can take home and use in your everyday life. And so I won't hold you guys any longer and enjoy. All right. Hello, granddaddy. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, Brian. How you been doing? I've been doing pretty okay. Pretty How did you okay. do on that? On that, um, college level test that you did oh my final exams for valencia college um i did pretty well i got a's on both of them so i passed can't do better than a (laughs) you can't beat better can't do better than a yep and on to next semester i'm kind of excited i mean yeah i think i'll be good by then (laughs) Okay, so today we are talking about the African-American experience compared with the rest of the, you know, African um, diaspora. So I first wanted to ask you mainly, um, do you think it is necessary for African-Americans to prioritize having a strong bond with Black people from all across the world? Or do you think we should be prioritizing our issues within this country? I think that's a, a good question because priority is um, it's important. Mm-hmm. You always start with what's good for us here. And because we are here and others are just getting here, so we can't take our minds off our condition and start looking at what's good for them. But we can say as we become stronger in our own setting we can see how well we can build build relationships with those who are immigrants. Because here's the thing, immigrants may have loyalties to non-blacks in such a way that mm, we might not have it. They might have a language that they have common with other Mm non-blacks that we don't have. They they might have a culture that's common with other non-blacks that we don't have. So we don't want to make bonding with non, uh, uh, with uh, immigrant blacks a priority. Because here's the thing. If immigrants come into this country, they're looking at how much do we have it together. They're looking Mm -hmm. at how well are we working together. How bonded are we to each other? If we show that we are bonded to each other, that'll give them something to respect. Otherwise, who wants to be a part of chaos? Who wants to be a part of friction and conflict and fear? And you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be, you can't bond individually with, um, with say immigrant black people if you're not showing that you're bonding with each other right here i mean like going to somebody's house 
and they are fighting each other all the time, fussing all the time. Who wants to be a part of that? So we have to work on ourselves as a priority at the very top. And then if we have some successes that we can enjoy, then we can kind of pull some others into the into the mix. But I, I don't see that as being a priority. I see the priority being how well we work on ourselves. Um, I definitely I definitely see where you're coming for coming coming from in terms of people not really being attracted to African American dysfunction because you know, where I live in Florida, there's a lot of Caribbean like peoples. And sometimes when I go on like social media and stuff like that, a lot of like Caribbean or African people, they tend to say, they tend to like cringe at the idea of identifying with African-Americans or like when people mistake them, mistake them for being African-American, they're like, oh no, that is not me. And I've been, I was wondering like, why are we so, why is it so hard to identify with us and with your answer that makes a lot of sense because I think I also think for me like it's also because of media and tv like what people see in terms of African stereotyping yeah like stereotypes they don't want to associate with that and it can and I feel like that's divisive for us that can be um not helpful for us in a lot of ways as well Absolutely. See, we are not doing all the talking. Mm-hmm. The, the, the media is doing a lot of talking. The newscast doing a lot of talking. Educational programs oftentimes do a lot of talking. In fact, if we're not if we're not aware of this, the country has had a 400-year campaign to prove or to try to prove black inferiority in this country. They have been putting a lot of money into this, trying Lots to of money. <laughs> trying to make black inferiority look possible, look real, look realistic, and 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 this has been the business of this country as long as it's been here. And just think, if you work on something four hundred years, you might get some folk convinced that this is true including some black people themselves. Mm -hmm. And so we have this monster of propaganda to go up against. But like Jesus said, let two or three agree Mm -hmm. and work starting with a small group of two or three. And let's say, let's get this thing straight between us. And then let's try to expand from there. Don't try to go national. Don't try to go regional. Try to go local two or three and and work on loving black people right here and treating each other with respect and making your circle of influence what it ought to be so for somebody like me so i want to ask for somebody like me because my mom is from tennessee she's more african-american and my dad is from Guyana. He's more Caribbean American and has that immigration experience. I would say, what would be your advice for somebody like me who identifies with both, who identifies with both African American experience and Caribbean experience? What should be my steps in order to, at least in my household, let both of these experiences come to an understanding? 
the word I consider is what moves you toward being more in control? What moves you toward being more, being less dependent on outside resources? In other words, whatever builds you up so that you can work with others to become stronger. You see, when you do something competitive, you reduce your ability to become stronger because you divide. So we mm -hmm. want to be adding, add what I have to what you have. Add, and so developing relationships and seeing the commonalities and seeing how we can work together for the mutual benefit, that becomes everybody's, should become everybody's goal. Mm -hmm. And we should look long-term. What should we do to set a good pattern so that others can follow our pattern and it'll work for them? Uh, it, it, it always has to be, though, knowing that we're in a country that does not support our progress. Yep. So we can't split up over that idea. <laughs> we got to know that we have to work together for our own progress. And anything that you get from the outside, good. But your loyalty stays within your own circle. I definitely see that. And I think that's one of the advantages that a lot of African peoples and Caribbean peoples have is that they have their own home country to kind of back them up whenever they kind of feel like they have a loss of identity, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And for African-Americans, it's funny because we literally lost our kind of home country's identity. So really trying to grasp like that idea of ourselves from the ground up of course, it's gonna we're gonna seem a little bit more behind, or we're gonna need um, a lot more um, like help in order to get that idea back in our heads. And so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you now something I did not um, think about, but I say you know when you lose your grip on identity then at least use Genesis 126. Mm -hmm. You know, let's go back in the Bible and say, look, God created me in his image and after his likeness. And that's the fact. You see what I mean? You know, you got to start somewhere. If you can't do a national identity, then do a, a, a biblical identity and, mm -hmm. and stand on that. Now, a lot of folk can interpret Bible in any kind of way, but Scientists say it's impossible for any group to be on earth that were not black. Uh, in other words, now I'm not, I'm just saying the scientists have already said the black people became like the original people. Mm -hmm. And so when, when the Bible talks about what God created, uh, he created from the earth. And according to science and the ones that went to Kenya and Ethiopia and all and discovered the oldest fossils and the oldest pieces, they all come back to say, okay, they were black folks. <laughs> so, uh, so we can say that we were created in God's image after his likeness. Uh, and thus, we can get a real boost from that. Mm -hmm. 
And to me, uh, once you get that boost, then anything else is subordinate to that. You know, because humans can't tell another human how much value he is. I mean, you, mm-hmm. your creator tells you how valuable you are. And so, uh, yeah, black Americans, black people in this country don't have a country we can pull from. We don't have a specific culture we can pull from. And therefore, we have to ask ourselves, what can we pull from? And I'm thinking, okay, we can pull from Genesis. Uh, We can go beyond, uh, we can go beyond the American history and look at ancient African history, uh, like in Egypt, Ethiopia, and Timbuktu, and Ghana, and all the various empires of Africa. And we can find out, for example, well, uh, you know, I, I kind of let people see a book, you know, like this book right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says on here, great issues of the race from 4,500 to 2,000 A.D. So that's uh, a good, what, 600 and five, years, 6,500 years. Uh, this book here talks about the ancient history of black people. So I would say that knowledge about blacks before before the uh, middle passage, you know, slave trade and all that, let's find out who we are before that happened. And that helps us too. And don't say anything negative about black folk, period. Now, I didn't say a black person. I said black people. You know, Mm -hmm. when you talk about black people, that's a whole lot of people. So don't say negative things about black people. And it's, t- and it's not true. It's not true. Whatever you say negative about black people as a whole, it's not true any more than it's not true for any other group. <laughs> yeah, so for me, I actually love pulling from ancient African um, kingdoms in order to think about solutions that best help black people. Because for... You know, in the Bible, it talks about the kingdom of God. And I was like, we don't have a lot of countries today that still represent the kingdom mentality. And so when I think about countries that do do that, it was ancient Egypt. It was all the kingdom of Congo, Mali, all that stuff, all those um, places. And I feel like one of the biggest, um, how do you say Solutions, yeah, solutions for black people right now is supporting black businesses. The idea of you buying from me, I buying from you, and black people supporting each other's businesses because we know nobody else is going to do that. Our mindset isn't always, um, you know, trying to gain like a monopoly of things. It's understanding that I want to give you a hand and you give me a hand. And I don't think, I feel, and that is something that I feel like African kingdoms really represent as well. No, you don't really hear about poor people in African countries because they were kingdoms and the wealth of the king determined the wealth of you. And I feel like one of the best ways that black people are really um, gaining a lot of progress is through buying black and supporting black businesses Mm -hmm. and understanding that um, that helping each other mentality or 
I'm helping you, you're helping me, if that makes any sense. <laughs> I, think, I think that's excellent. Uh, I have read some a number of, of books, including Powernomics, that talks about that. The, the thing that we have to cover is to make us like each other. Mm-hmm. And that to be become the biggest challenge because we have this automatic negativity toward other each other, which did not come because I'm I did something to you. I'm just, you know, we just have and I said, okay, we gotta deal with that elephant in the room. The the negativity that comes before you even know anybody, well, I know it ain't gonna this, I know it's not gonna be that. It's, it's that negativity, and you approach it with that negativity. I said, who's paying you to be negative? How much money do you get to be negative? You doing it for free? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I messed up. Uh, you, you're doing it for free, and uh, I, I didn't realize. Oh, get out of the way. Get out. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, so the economic success of black people is a collection of attitudes and thoughts. Mm -hmm. We got to start seeing each other in a positive way. We got to start seeing black people in a positive way. And you said, how do you do that? I say, you always start with yourself. I said, everything outside starts with something inside. What change I want to see in others have to first be in me. And that's how you can be in control because you know that you are changed and you now trying to show others how to change. And if we get to, if we start that process, it can grow. You know, how we feel about each other uh, becomes the, it it feeds into economics. Mm -hmm. Just like, see, just like my wife and I was talking about the fact that we had three producers of eggs, uh, three little farms that produce eggs. And, and And so we started looking at how could we, create a market for those eggs. And and you can actually have a business built around that because the market, right now we don't have black people who produce eggs and sell those eggs, mm-hmm. not, as a, not as a market, not as a business. So three farmers, one farmer does about 100 eggs a week. Another farmer does about, about, um, 20 dozen of eggs a week, whatever that is. And another farmer does another number. So it come, I guess we get around four, three or 400 eggs a week. We could run a business off of that. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that's one of the advantages that, especially Caribbean cultures, Black people have, is when they come to America, I don't, I'm not too sure about African, um, African people, immigrants, but I know that Caribbean immigrants, when they come here, they come together and they start what they need to do. They start their businesses together. And because of that, they get to 
a lot of that initial support off of each other. Not just Carib not just Black Caribbeans, but also different um, races and ethnicities. They do that as well. And I feel like that's it's just a concept that African Americans are just now starting to actually not just now because historically we have had that things like rosewood, greenwood, and stuff like that. And I feel like it's a concept that we're regrasping. If that makes sense. Yeah. See, you know that we have done a lot of what we're talking about, but the country mm -hmm. didn't like it. So I tell people, I said, let's do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Let's do it anyway. Don't wait till folk like you. You do it now. Let's go back to working together again. And I, I've had some young people in their 30s or 40s or something like that. They are still kind of afraid that if we get too successful, we might have some backlash from America. I say, let's do it anyway. Let's let's um, start. First of all, let's start liking each other. Mm -hmm. And then let's, let's start being honest with each other and having integrity. And then we begin to build up relationships. Now we can start trading, you know, paying. See, I, I have a list of of people who do services. I put in a newsletter, uh, different kind of uh, skills. Like if you need a plumber, call this person. If you need um, a, um, a carpenter, call this person. If you need, you know, I have this in a newsletter and give it out to all the neighbors. And they're all black businesses. Uh, we just have to make it our business. And then, of course, I always go to black doctors and black lawyers and mm -hmm. things like that. I've been doing it. Now, what we don't have is a store. We don't have a store we can go to. Uh, we had one store in Memphis, and it's no longer there. Uh, so in a way, that's our area that we don't have, uh, we can't go to a store right now, but we can start co-oping and co-oping is more like, you know, working outside the store. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> yes. Actually, I think that's a great way to end off. I know our conversation today was a little short, but I feel like we had a lot packed in there that people can definitely process and, you know, take along with you. And yeah, so I think that'll be it for today. You think so, Granddaddy? Well, whenever you feel okay, I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, because, because I, you know, I have this, um, I might, might jump around. So you got to kind of help hold me on. <laughs> I got you, Granddaddy. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because whatever you come up with, I, it, it comes back to we got to keep ourselves as a primary. Always mm -hmm. focus on what's good for black people, what's good for me and black people. And I will say that with a disclaimer because I can hear people in their minds right now saying, what about helping? It doesn't mean that we don't care about other people of other races, ethnicities, cultures, nationalities, whatever. It's just, I think for me, and or like what you're trying to say is that we have to come to terms with the fact that nobody else is really worried about African, like really improving the African-American community because they have their own communities to worry about. And I feel like a lot of black people sometimes want that support from other races and ethnicities when really they should be seeking that support from themselves because at the end of the day, 
no, nobody else is going to try fixing your problems but you or can try, really prioritize your problems but you. That is basic responsibility. <laughs> Nobody's going to expect to do for you what you won't do for yourself. Yeah, right? yeah. And I, yes. I, it's surprising, but some people really haven't come to terms with that yet. <laughs> well, that's but, okay. That's, our that's why we now. have to look out for what's good for us because who else is going to be looking out for what's good for us? Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. we just don't know. We, we kind of gotten, what do you call it, brainwashed to thinking that we're supposed to be caring about everybody else but ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's reverse. He that cares not for his own is worse than an infidel and has departed from the faith. Mm -hmm. I was just quoting a little scripture there. Mm -hmm. You got to care about your yep. own. Okay. Yep. I think that's just about it, Granddaddy. I will see right. you next time. Okay. <laughs> you All right, that is the end of today's episode. I hope you guys either learned something, remembered something, or will do something based off of what you heard within our conversation. Um, the next episode's topic is a surprise and is to be announced. So keep a heads up for that on our Instagram at Conversations with My Black Grandpa. And yeah, don't forget to take a look at all of our other episodes that we've done there might be a little less in quality but definitely worth the listen and i'll see you guys next time merry christmas